Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today's guest is Iced Cool. Iced is a BDAO OG and went full-time DAO in 2021. He brings a broad understanding of IT and software development and has managed a number of IT, DevOps, and software development projects throughout his career. Prior to getting into Web3 and DAOs, he was responsible for the IT department of a large East Coast regional hospital. Today, he spends much of his time thinking about tokenomics at Bankless DAO, and that is largely what we'll be talking about today. Hey, Iced, welcome to Making Bank. It's good to have you. Uh, pleasure to be here. Do you want to talk about yourself a bit first before we jump into tokenomics for, for those that maybe don't know you real well or haven't been in the sessions or have heard you on a prior show? I think your intro really nails a lot of it. Prior to jumping in BDAO and going Web3, I was a, a department manager for a regional hospital, but spent a lot of time going deep into crypto. And I'd been in crypto since 2017. But the thing that really hooked me, and largely before then, was just a speculative investor. And, oh, there's this thing that's like 10 times more crazy than the stock market. Let me check that out. But got hooked in September 2019, I think, when SushiSwap launched. I got super hooked on yield farming and just seeing the use cases start generating around crypto and Ethereum and, you know, installed my MetaMask. I'm not sure if it was 2019 or 2020, but either way, I got hooked by SushiSwap. I started getting really deep into yield farming, investigating platforms, and like the economics and tokenomics of the platforms. And at the the 2020 and 2021 badges from Bankless HQ, got the airdrop, and the rest is history. You know, jumped into Bankless DAO day one and have been deeply passionate and focused on it since. Very cool. You actually did go full time, and wasn't that in the summer of last year? It was increasingly from May until August, when like the formative kind of months of the DAO where we're figuring out like, what are we and what are we doing and what are the different org units and all that, like increasingly spending more time at the DAO until about, I went full-time in October and it was realizing that, oh, I can do this full-time and, and, and make a living off of it. It was a hard sell for my wife, actually. <laughs> like, and even talking with my family about it now, there's a, there's a good long time that my pop was like, how are you making money again? Is it covering the bills? Like he was, my family was very concerned about what is this thing you, all, you are doing? And I'm like, it's complicated. I'm working for a crypto startup. How about that? And that's kind of what I've stuck with, you know, people that, that are more interested or actually want to hear more about what actually a DAO is and what uh, Ethereum and blockchain can actually provide the, for the world in terms of coordination beyond just a speculative asset and also the base use case of a currency. I talk with them more in more detail, but my family has come to be reassured and, and my wife is, is a um, although I work a lot and that's another point of complaint, but you know, everybody's really supportive now. Yeah. Well, I like to ask those things because it's challenging anyway, when it's a, a newer, a new industry and things are complicated and often misunderstood. 
And then if the people that you're around most of the time don't understand it either, and you're, you're both trying to understand it yourself and decide whether it's where you want to be spending the majority of your time, if this makes sense, what, what the high value things are, what the time wasters are, and then trying to communicate that with the people you're really closest to and justify what you're doing sometimes if it doesn't always make sense. And I think it's a good sounding board, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's actually something I came to is there's some people may be familiar with that Richard Fenneman, I think that's how you say his name, but he says, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it. And what I was realizing is there's parts of the Tao and parts of all these things that I don't deeply fully understand. And so it's something that I, I actually am striving towards so that I can give it like, explain it to a five-year-old kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. And because I can always take it to, to more layers of complexity later, but but distilling down like the essence is I'm still working on it in terms of doubts. But yeah, I think that's true in a lot of areas. I think just the nature of our current existence and the complexity of everything. And when you really strip it away and try and get back to the basics and then build back up on top of it, I think definitely helps with understanding. But it takes time. And it doesn't always come easy. Which brings us into the topic of today's conversation, and that is tokenomics. There's a lot of moving parts to that. You've been running a tokenomics session in BDAO, done a number of them. Where are we headed and what can we do with the utility of the bank token and how can we align contributors longer term, having things like lockup periods and stuff like that? What do you think is a good starting point? I think we could talk about tokenomics, like what is that? And then two, look at tokenomics at Bankless DAO and what are we trying to do there? at least at a high level. And then we can talk some of the current initiatives and things and, and experiments that we can look at there. Because the we can, honestly, in tokenomics, you can fractal into infinity. There's just, there's so many kind of components to this whole thing. And so. Yeah. Jump right in. Cool. Um, so tokenomics, I'd like at a high level is just token economics. And I think that as a buzzword, it's it's sometimes like I've heard and seen some people push back, which I think is appropriate. What that is just like the economics around a token and how those economics are designed to support the, the business use case of whatever it's around. So it's the economic mechanisms around a platform, around a DAO, around a currency, around whatever, and in this case, a token. And so why that's important is that it's what supports and incentivizes human behavior and involvement in a platform and system and disincentivizes other behaviors. And so that's kind of like a economics 101, just high level definition, but it's critically important because it, it's what encourages in certain behaviors and, and discourages other behaviors. What happens downstream of those decisions is big. And so with the proper token economic system, or with the proper economic system, really, you can strongly support the a token price, involvement in a platform, involvement in an app, any number of different things. But that's, again, that's just like the high level around economics in general. And so I think drilling down just a little bit from there is like looking at Bankless DAO. So anytime I look at the tokenomics of, a, of any platform, and whether it's a platform I'm helping design you know, with Bankless Consulting or Bankless DAO's platform itself, what's critical is first examining and understanding what's the aims? What do you want to do? 
with this? What do we want at Bankless DAO? And this is where it's very like the conversation starts to get very deep and wide very quickly because, um, you know, so like platforms are fairly simple. It's like, okay, we want to incentivize people using this thing in a certain way. Okay, let's generate yield around that. There's a lot of ambiguity in the legal space around what a security is and is not, or it's traditionally, it's not ambiguous, but you know, in the DeFi world, what is a security or what is not? And so there's a lot of like people dancing around the language of, you know, is this a security or is this a currency or is this a yield bearing asset? Right. You know, and something that comes into the conversation quite a bit, which is what's the purpose of the token? And are we trying to design an incentive system or are we trying to accrue value or are we trying to do both and i think that's where this gray area comes in i mean accumulating tokens it's a way to to keep track of things and we start talking about participation what do we track participation by token accrual or do we track that some other way what are these tokens all about what are they doing how are people demonstrating the value they're bringing to the organization and then how are they being rewarded for that our revenue is a concern we have to have revenue coming in from outside because right now i think a lot of it there's a lot of circular economy the doubts or the grants committee emits the bank tokens and then we quote pay people for their contributions whether it's through a coordinate round peer rewards or whether it's through projects that they're being quote, paid for in the token for the work they do and hoping that accrues value over time. And I always try and, at least in my mind, to try and make sense of it, I try and equate it to the traditional business model of a corporate entity that issues shares and maybe they Mm -hmm. issue stock to their employees or stock options that vest over a period of time so that you have and incentives to stick around and hope that the value of the organization that you are creating value for has more value in the future that you contributed to and you can share in those rewards. And I'm trying to find those parallels in this and I'm, they don't work exactly the same way, right? Mm-hmm. The bank token really isn't, and help correct me if I'm wrong, but it does it or does it not represent equity in and, and, and this is the challenge. So, we have a token that is both, that is three things, at least. Actually, I think about four. So base level, it is, and just highlighting too, tokens are representative of something. And that can include like the opportunity for like tokenizing social capital, which is kind of aware of who's more popular or less popular, but you can't put your finger on it. But with tokens, we start getting these opportunities to, to do, to measure all these kind of components that are generally ephemeral, but I digress. For Bankless DAO specifically, the bank token is one, a kind of representative of a stake in the DAO, i.e. like something that value can accrue to as the DAO increases in value. Two, it is a compensation currency. And three, it's a, a governance token. So it's a share of governance and like uh, and uh, an ability to modify governance in some way. And especially as you have more of it, you have more sway in a vote. And then also it's access to the DAO. You have 35K bank, you get access to the DAO 
And, and at higher levels and in different measurements, you have access to like level three and level four. So we've got a token that is at least four things. And, you know, that's there's, asking a lot of a token, isn't it? I, I think so. I think that, I think, and this is where we, we can start branching into what do we want? What do we want as the DAO to do with the token? And, and what are we aiming at? And I think there's certain acknowledgements to this too, is, is that what's available in the space, like we are on like the cutting bleeding edge. Honestly, so much of what's happening right now is like, in some ways it's new challenges, in some ways it's old. The challenges that in the way that it's old is that as nation states were developing in the 16, 1700s, they face a lot of the same challenges we're dealing with right now. Like, where do we find liquidity for our nation state? How do we back it and accrue value to it and not just let it inflate into infinity? This is some of the places that I've been looking to for inspiration and insight into how we should manage our token. Because I think that a lot of the so there's so much rhetoric and media and articles out there on like how you should manage your token as if you're a corporation. And I think Bankless DAO is one of the closest things to a digital nation state or digital state out there. That is an acknowledgement. I think it, it again, the, what we want to do with our token is derived from what are we and what are we trying to achieve? And then downstream of that is, is like, the resulting tokenomics are a result of the mission and the values and the goals of the org, whatever kind of org that may be. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple of different things come to mind. One is how do we represent value creation, right? It's so frustrating to me. So I know it's frustrating to you too. You and I both know, and those of us plugged into these projects and see what's going on. There's a lot of great things happening. We've got a few things completed, but there's some other things that are trying to build in the bear market and all the craziness that's happened lately in the news doesn't make things any easier. But Bankless DAO, regardless of what's going on in the broader market, we are continuing to build. We have extremely talented people and the partnerships that are being developed are really powerful. I feel like there's less pressure when the market is in a sideways or, you know, the people that are most interested are sticking around. And I think, quite frankly, that can be in some ways a bit healthier, the tourists go. Oh, 100%. I think, I think that's something that, that at the DAO level, like our vibes, like we excel at vibes, and in my opinion. And I do think that, and that does relate to tokenomics. Tokenomics is like an infrastructural component to culture. Tokenomics is infrastructural aspects of a of any organization as like the token itself is like a downstream representation of or it should be a downstream representation of the goals and aims and what is it integrated into how is it used what does it enable or disable so the like the DAOs, i think the like the point that you bring up around like the bear market, I 100% agree that it's easier to focus on getting things done when you don't have a lot of pressure and distraction. Like bull markets are distracting. And so ideally, if, you, if the project uh, or organizational unit is well managed and has clear kind of aims, they'll survive through a bear market and it'll, and it'll likely thrive as we roll into a bull. I think that there's a lot of different perspectives you can take on bear markets. It's not a bear market, it's a build market. All this is to encourage resilience and sustainability, which is critical. And then once the bull market hits, 100%. It's, they're at odds, right? So in a bull market, everybody wants to be involved, but then it's harder to focus. 
And when things are not going so well, it's easier to focus in some ways because there's not so much attention on that. But then it's maybe it's harder to focus because you're worried about <laughs> paying the bills. It's always there's going to be volatility. People talk about volatility as, as being a bad thing and it depends on what the purpose is. And if you're trying to buy groceries, you want it to be things to be stable. Anyway, that's a different conversation. Well, and I actually think it's relevant because I think that 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 can be factored into tokenomic design. And that's, these are some of the things that, like, how much do we want something to be volatile versus to be stable? And what's the downstream effects of that? And what kind of culture do we want to support, create, and garner at Bankless DAO? And I think that, like, that the bear is a testing ground for use cases, and it's more about survivability. Yeah. The, I mean, the you know, we created the... Uh, the token bank token was basically created out of thin air mm -hmm. <laughs> and that token what does it represent right yeah. that's really the base of it what does that represent does it getting back to it does it represent equity does it represent vibes does it represent contribution what does it represent and can that be turned into something tangible right yeah. And, and I think, and this is where there's a, some larger conversations to be had. And I think that we, I think my vision for the bank token and Bankless DAO is a sustainable environment that where we have a really healthy economic ecosystem where there's reclamation, where there's distribution, like emissions are really important. And I think that in the case of Bankless DAO, that we've emitted so much is great in my opinion, because, and, and it was actually part of my goal, not to just like admit, but to make sure that we got bank in the hands of people that were doing things. Something that is very, is amazing at Bankless now is that we, that people will work for bank and that's awesome. And so that creates opportunities for, it creates labor markets. It creates in potential for people that, that will build and do things in this kind of digital landscape that, and, and to meet and connect that would otherwise never have done it. And it creates like a new medium, like a metaverse, <clears throat> if you pardon me for poorly using the word. Um, but um, Everybody's using it poorly, so you're forgiven. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not deeply in the metaverse, but I'm aware that this is, it, it applies here. And it creates these opportunities for labor markets and connection. And because I think there's just, there's so many things like Chris Dixon talks about token generation events, a flurry of activity that happens around it. And this is something that I... Like this is was clearly observable and is is observable at Bankless DAO. We created this token, and there is ambiguity. It's clear that it seems like that the it's a governance token, it's a currency, or it's we're using it as a compensation method. <laughs> it reminds me of an old old SNL skit with Dan Aykroyd. The bank token is both a dessert topping and a floor wax. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, right, and, and yeah, it, and it is. It's like a lot of things, and that's it's. At this point, I think, okay, uh, it does create problems because it's like plutocratic challenges, which is when money is a governance vote, the rich are overly represented. And, and that's a problem. Like, we need to fix that. Vitalik has proposed some ideas, although none have really been, like, there's been no good solution out there yet. Although I, I think we are seeing a lot of really cool ideation, especially like from the optimism group, their optimistic governance, I think is really interesting. They gave themselves four years to figure it out. And by the way, these are things that are just like democracy, human problems. And this is where it's like tokenomics is like the intersection of finance 
It's an intersection of sociology. It's an intersection of anthropology. It's like what it means to be a human. Because one of the first things we seem to do is like there's how money was generated. There's a lot of debate. Like what was the first money? But what it does do is it captures this etheric thing called value. What is value? Well, it's different. And so we get into these really philosophical conversations around it. And this is some of the challenge of tokenomics is that we're simulating as we design tokenomic systems, what will humans do with this? And so one of the big challenges as we've developed tokenomics at Bankless DAO, like to circle back to that point in things that we are working on, is making sure that we don't bust it. Because what is happening right now, and it is like, um, you know, I think you called it circular. I, I actually, I think that like the problem right now is that the economy is a line. Emissions go out and that's it. It's like p- emissions go out and people either hold it or they sell it. People who believe in Bankless Dow, um, you know, I think they hold it. Well, and then there are people that are relying on it for income. Right. And so they're forced to sell their tokens, which diminishes their voting power. Right. And that thus back to the plutocratic challenge. And also, I want just like a high level, it is 100% okay to sell tokens, any token, because that's a function of the token. It's a function of the market. That's what makes for a healthy market is buying and selling. And so like everyone should at some point buy and sell a bank and that's okay. You want velocity. Like, that's what makes them not an economist. I'm not a financial expert. Like a US dollar, if it just sat somewhere and didn't do anything, well, it needs to move. Money right. needs well, to, it wants to move to be useful. And this is, these are some of the larger kind of conversations around this, so like the debate in what says the, the Keynesian style or the Austrian style, which is, should we mess with it a lot or mess with it a little? So from my perspective and the vision that I hold of Bankless DAO, which is a wanting to strongly orient us toward the digital state style, because at Bankless DAO, you can work on anything, you can build anything. You can, it's, you, can become, you can join as an anonymous contributor and you can be a whole different person from who you are in your day-to-day life. And that's all okay. And that we're all value aligned. We as like a people of Bankless DAO are all value aligned around supporting people's self-sovereignty and, and going bankless with their financial autonomy. And the DAO is enabling their contributing, like their personhood. What does it mean to work and live and Bankless DAO, this is the, the, my, like, my dream, is like enabling this, enabling people to have the freedom of all this. And so the token economics, have to be, we have to be very careful about what we do because it is working some. It's not great, right? Because one bank, one bank is one bank. And to pay your bills, that one bank has got to be measured in something else. And this is where the, the economics can get complicated is, oh, what does it mean for a token to be measured in something else versus itself? Because like you don't measure the U.S. dollar in bank or in something else as a subjectivity viewpoint. Seashells, but exactly right. <laughs> and just a, for everyone, like seashells were one of the first currencies. People use seashells and later turned into banknotes. And but uh, so shells are heavy to carry. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, right. Instead of carrying, how do you measure around, it? Right. Well, this shell is prettier than that one, so it's worth right. more. <laughs> For sure, for sure. It's, uh, instead of carrying chickens around, you're able to carry seashells, which allow you to, <laughs> to transact. And but for Bankless DAO, though, so we have to be very careful about what we implement and what we generate. And there's a lot of thought. I'm continually humbled because I'm like, I'm like, oh, let's just do it. I get impatient at times. Come on, let's just go. And then it brings up some point that's a really excellent dispute. So we were going to implement, like we were going to work on building 
VE Bank. And then we were going to implement something around L1. And somebody in a uh, shout out to, to Bear, he disputed it strongly. And, and it was like, oh man, you're right. We should not implement it that way. Our prerogative is to ensure the system keeps working because while it's not perfect and it is a line, what is happening is bank is getting in the hands of people and people are doing work at the DAO for it. And even this conversation that we're having right now is enabled by this ambiguous multifaceted, not perfect, but functioning token. Because if there was just like a hobby group, hey, we're making Bankless DAO, but with no token, I don't know if I'd be here. Maybe, maybe, but I know that would I've worked this hard? Would I have been able to go full-time? No. Right. But here we are. Well, it's another thing that allows experimentation, regardless of what you classify it as, right? It's a tool, right? It's a tool in your tool belt. And one of the ways I've been using it is I don't want to sell it. I want to hold it. And I'm treating it as equity in Bankless DAO. I believe mm-hmm. strongly in the people here and what we're building. And that, that's the bottom line. Right. And I know not everybody has that luxury. And that, quite frankly, I don't necessarily have that luxury. I'd kind of like to sell some, but I don't want to. I'd rather have it climb. Anyway, different conversation. What I wanted to get at was that it is a tool. And for example, I'll just use the premium POAP example. Mm-hmm. So now when you attend a community call in the past, a POAP proof of attendance protocol, people tend to have farmed those. And so we were trying to figure out ways to not farm it. Okay, so there's a premium POAP that has some extra features. Maybe it's animated or whatever. And then some of the funding, I believe, goes back to the original designer that created it or something like that. It's not a huge amount. Premium POAP is a couple bucks. Hmm. But the point is, you can pay for that premium. You can get the regular POAP if you want. It's free for attending. Or if you want the premium one and you want to support the DAO, you can get the premium one instead. You can either pay in ETH, you can pay in Matic, you can switch to Polygon, you can pay in Matic, or you can pay in Bank. And that's what I'm talking about. I pay in Bank. Because it costs me less. I don't want to pay an ETH. Are you kidding? I'm going to pay for pro apps and ETH. So that's one use that I have for it. But I can, again, see other use cases. And then you look at what Bankless Card is doing. And once they get all their stuff together and then being able to support various DAOs and their tokens, treat it like an airline miles, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting an airline shit about that being a currency. It's an incentive system for using their product. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of ways to think about this. I want to touch on back to what you're working on in tokenomics, uh, and this is linked in, in one of the documents in the show notes, and that is there are five work streams around the Bankless DAO tokenomics. There's stuff related to season passes, so people can get access to the DAO Discord. Then guest pass, how we want to change that, because one of the challenges we have guest passes is that Anybody can get one and they're easy to renew. And so what's the incentive to buy tokens and become a full member? That's part of it. But also a guest pass is a path toward full membership. And so how do we structure that in a way that makes sense and rewards the right kind of behaviors? The third one is Time Lock Bank, which you alluded to earlier, which we were originally talking about, what was it, VE, but now it's Time Lock. And the idea is to align long-term incentives, create long-term hold pressure, maybe create some additional utility. Then the fourth work stream, and I'm just running through these real quick and we can jump back and touch on them again. And the fourth one would be level two requirements, right? Currently level two is a nominated thing by peers. It gets voted on and then person becomes an L2. And what does that mean? It mainly means extra 
Discord access and social cred. But we want to move to on-chain reputation that can be validated with verifiable criteria as opposed to just a popularity contest. And then the last one, of course, is what we're talking about along is the bank utility. What are the initiatives that generate hold pressure, whether it's Bankless Consulting and the Writers Guild, Bankless HQ, whatever. And so those are the five different work streams that are going on within Treasury related to tokenomics issues. So I just wanted to point that out because this is not just one little item. There are a lot of discussions happening and they are in different categories because they are different issues and different things we're trying to accomplish. I think this really highlights like the breadth of what tokenomics is because it's like it is not just yield on a token it's not just borrowing and lending like financial it's in some ways the economics of the dow and the tokenomics of the dow are what keep people here and like they they flesh out the opportunities and support the mission of the dow through a, a value capture token a governance token a currency token whatever like the whatever this ambiguous but important token is that we all hold. These different work streams are actually, they're happening DAO-wide. This write-up of the tokenomics 1.0 is more to align the DAO and actually and recruit some people as well, because this is going up into the forum soon, if it isn't already at the time, I imagine. I'm not sure when you'll put this episode out. Soon. But, yeah, okay, but the... Yeah, fair enough. I understand. That's how my proposals go to the forum soon. <laughs> Probably in another week or so. Whenever yes, I get it perfect. perfect, perfect. Yeah, so it should. So you should be able to link directly to it. Yeah, the these five work streams are just the beginning, and and what's really important here is these are all like infrastructural components to one harden up governance, because this token backs the governance of the DAO, and so we want to make sure that its people are properly represented and that contributors are properly represented l2s for example the amazing work that bpeds and the ops uh, ops department are working on is like the l2 requirements is we have l2s that have been voted up but they but maybe some of them fall off they get busy in their life whatever and there's still l2 here Six months later, eight months later, a year later, no, no, like we need L2, L2s to degrade. And so this requirement starts to firm that up because L2 is a value accrual to the DAO and as a result to the token. And so like to be in this exclusive L2 club, like making something scarce increases the value of it. And what we're essentially doing is making L2s a little bit more scarce. And same thing with the guest pass. If the guest pass is infinitely abundant and available, it decreases the value of it and subsequently decreases the value of the DAO. Coupling with, it is deeply, deeply important for us at the DAO to make sure that people can get into the DAO and get involved and earn their way to L1. And some requirements on guest pass to enable like some scarcity there that increases the value of it in the DAO. Are important and big shout out to Blockboy and all the work he's done over there, um, and Links as well. And then TL Bank, TL Bank is time locking bank, and so what that means is just locking up bank for a period of time. What that does is it at least financially value aligns people to the DAO because you can be an active contributor and hold some degree of bank. And you can hold bank and not be an active contributor of the DAO. Like you might just be a speculator. Both are 100% okay and welcome. That's the point of tokens and the, the opportunity in tokens and token economics. And TL Bank creates infrastructure that allows projects, organizational units, the DAO to do more things. Because right now we have bank and that's it. 
TL Bank creates just another another knob. And so much of what this plan is, like the tokenomics 1.0, it's about generating a dashboard with more knobs. And because right now we've got one big knob and we go emit more bank. Does it go to 11? Right. Or emit <laughs> less bank. Exactly. Right. What we need is to have lots of knobs that we can kind of like tweak and control. And we'll probably make mistakes with how we set up to some things. We should count on that. And that's okay because we need to learn from it. I think as a DAO, like we are maybe moving into the, I don't know, early teenage years, maybe we've survived a year and a half. We're reaching the point where we need to have reclamation on bank. Like we've done a great job of emitting it and getting it in the hands of people. Because if the point of decentralization is part, or if the token intention is to be decentralized, like getting it out into the people, hands of people is great. And we've done that. We've got a lot of right. like bank holders over time is at its highest it's ever been. Awesome. And like now is time to sharpen it up. Okay, cool. We've emitted it. Now we should create a reclamation season pass is actually going to be the part of the reclamation where you will either need to lock up bank or purchase the season pass. And so for people that are more short-term oriented, yeah, buying a season pass will be the choice for you. And that'll go back to the bankless treasury. And, yeah. and otherwise you can lock it up and take it off the market. We're still debating some of the specifics on that and the details may change. You know, what I'm describing to you, I'm expecting like there to be a lot of changes to this. This is the vision, like we're moving toward this. This is an evolving story. And we're trying to figure out the best way to take advantage of the token. Again, all the things we talked about, contributor alignment, building value for the DAO, partnerships, how are those relate, bringing outside revenue, all those things. And I guess this brings us to a call to action. You know, if you want to be a part of this conversation, you can be. You are, I believe, the hosting most of those tokenomics sessions in Treasury. And those are good sessions to attend. There's lots of documents to read through. Um, but I think participating in the conversation can be more effective. There's a lot to read, and it can be pretty confusing. Um, and I think uh, you know, having a, a combo like we just had and really understanding what we're trying to accomplish and maybe some of the mechanisms that facilitate that. I see the products that are on the verge of shipping or doing these integrations that will ha affect bank velocity. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, keeping in mind all the regulatory considerations, we want to be in compliance. This has been a question that's come up in other places, too, like Bankless Consulting, talking about what's the right uh, legal entity to do this so that we are in compliance. We be as upfront as we can and, uh, and compliant in the jurisdictions in which we operate, because we're just trying to build cool stuff. That's right. The future. <laughs> cool stuff for the future and empower people to do their best work and all of that, figuring out what these DAO tokens mean, how they can be used, what the regulators think about them, and quite frankly, helping educate them as we educate ourselves. It's a long road. This isn't going to be solved in the next couple of months. I think there's smart people at, at every level, whether it's in government or in private enterprise. And granted, I know that the tempers flare and stuff. There are legitimate reasons to question these things, as we've seen. <laughs> Everything you bring up is very accurate. Like the SEC was meant well-intentioned. And it is, I think, some people may debate me on that, but I think they're well-intentioned. And and I think the point of it is to protect the public, protect the consumers that, that have not spent two years of their lives studying token economics and whatever, right? The FTX debacle is, I think, a perfect example, despite all the news, news reporters talking about how handsome FTX is, or SBF, I'm sorry. But the larger thing is that these committees are meant to support the public 
in the same way that I think our ombuds is meant to support the DAO and the general contributor at the DAO. So we, we have a lot in common, and yes, like we want to adhere to those things. So that's a full, quick, and easy stop. And right, like we're just trying to build cool stuff, and we're trying to do cool things to support the regenerative crypto economics, to support a healthier future that we're all excited about. And I think, I think tokenomics, I think, is honestly, it's very interesting to me how critical tokenomics are to every Web3 platform that has a token. Where in like a Web2 world, you don't even worry about that. That's not part of the design. And with the Web3 world, it's a fundamental part of every product development because of the implications of what the token can do and how much interest it can garner and involvement. I mean, game economies are amazing, amazing. And that is just like, they've been playing in this space far longer. They just don't have access to the real, like connection to real world assets. Crypto does. Yeah. I'd like to refer to, and I think this is kind of a, a good beginning to wrapping. In prepping for our conversation today, I came across a, a course on tokenomics, designingtokenomics.com. We have no affiliation with them. But it's interesting that there's a whole course and full syllabus with it. I wanted to just pull a quote out of this. Quote, tokenomics incorporates many different domains. It's a domain that tries to bridge technological systems, economic systems, human psychology, and politics. We are trying to to address these various areas. And yeah, I know it's not going to be solved overnight. And the first iteration may not be the one that works. The other thing I wanted to keep in mind too is this is all an intellectual exercise, but there are folks that are depending on, um, I don't know how many are, but I know there are folks that are depending on the token to, to help pay their bills. Whether it's meant to do that or not, that is in fact how it is being used by some of our members. We're definitely cognizant of that and trying to figure out ways to reduce that dependence and again, reduce the sell pressure. And then secondly, which we haven't really talked about is bringing in outside revenue, which we are doing, but it's, it's not a lot at this point. And that is an area that we definitely need to grow so that we're bringing in other assets into our treasury. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I'm okay with that dependence and I'd like to support it. Like for people that want to go full time, it is, that is a long road. Like we are not there yet. So that's a full acknowledgement. And like for people that use it in that, that way, I think that's great. I think to have a really strong thriving economy, we should be able to support those kinds of things. And that may be a little bit more risk on than other takes. Cause I, I know that the real simple side of that is just paying stables and things, but I like us taking on that challenge. So that's the one. And yeah, and there's a tremendous amount of really cool, like, learning opportunities out there. I think the, to, to the strongest response to what you stated is that, yeah, we have to be careful and we have to be considerate, like strongly considerate of the, of the whole DAO. And we are trying to be, and that's why some of these things have taken as long as they have and have been slow to move, is just that they say, move. if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that's something we we keep in mind. All right, Ice. Well, that's a great note to end on. What would you say is the best way 
for folks to get plugged in if they want to be more involved in the conversation. I know this all takes place in the Treasury Department. Maybe you could give a little info here as to what the best way is for if people want to get involved in Treasury Department or get involved in the tokenomics conversations or anything around these topics. Yeah, come on down to the Treasury Department. It's everyone is welcome. We have under the Treasury Department, we have two sub-departments, the Treasury Management and Tokenomics. Treasury Management is more about the accounting and in the future state investing of the Dow resources, like kind of like looking for yield or putting our assets to use in productive ways. And then on the tokenomic side is more like the economic sub-department of the DAO where we keep an eye on like our liquidity pools. How is the token being used? What's its integrations? What's the utility being brought to it? And the department is a place where we discuss honestly like all things tokenomics and we'll explore platforms and stuff at times. But yeah, that's the place to jump in. We have a weekly bank utility meeting and a weekly sync where we touch base on just the high level of the, the tokenomics at the DAO. But come on down, you know, everyone's welcome. Always new ideas, no bad ones. Like everything is, uh, we chew on everything down there and trying to improve the economics of the DAO, make this thing sustainable for everybody. Awesome. Iced. Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah. Why do programmers always use dark themes? Oh, uh, I don't know. Because Bugs are attracted to light. <laughs> That's great. Oh, sorry, wait, I got one. I got one. Um, uh, it's so. Why is it a bad idea to iron your four-leaf clover? I don't know why. Because <laughs> you shouldn't press your luck. <laughs> oh, not anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, hang on. Oh, give me a second. Let me think of one. Uh, I need oh, yeah, to here, put it on the spot. Yeah, no, this one's good. This is good. Um. So air used to be free at the gas station, but now it's $1.50. You believe that? Yeah, I don't believe it. Inflation, man. It's killer. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good one. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I didn't think of that. Oh, I yeah. had my soundboard in. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right. Right. Like, but I'm hey, sh- that, the, the programmers are uh, always using dark themes. I have to attribute that to... Monstika, M-O-N-S-T-I-K-A, at Monstika. Came up with that meme. I, I lifted it. Nice. That's, it was a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> all right, sir. Well, this has been great. We can talk about this all day long, and I'm sure this will generate some other questions. We can obviously have you on again. Hey, was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap here? Mm. No, this has been a lot of fun chatting with you and Bankless Dow Strong. All right, awesome. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, a production of Bankless Dow. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless Dow, please visit bankless.community on the web for more information and how to get started. And of course, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcast platform.